Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to take your business and your life to the next level. Today, I have with me Zachary Parker Harris as my guest. And let me tell you about Zachary Parker Harris. He Parker started his career landing his dream job, working for a Fortune 100 technology company doing operations and strategy. After getting to know the executives there, he asked the advice they gave their children and he realized he must choose a different path. He started a mastermind modeled after Benjamin Franklin that over time became his business and mission. Today, he leads Junto Junto Global, which has served thousands of entrepreneurs to connect like-minded peers and build relationships, health, and business they deeply desire. I chose for the theme today, what successful entrepreneurs do differently. Please join me in welcoming my guest, Parker Harris. Parker, what entrepreneur, successful entrepreneurs do differently definitely caught my attention. There, um, after the pandemic, there's so many of us that became entrepreneurs and are just trying to figure out the path that we should take. So I'm sure the audience will be very interested in what you have to say. But first, we start with that easy first question of where do you live? Where do you call home? So my wife and I are actually traveling the world for two years. So we're living in a new <laughs> city every month. Um, so home is a fluid concept for us at the moment. That is so cool. I, I have interviewed quite a few people that are nomads, if you will. And uh, I guess if I didn't have two grand boys, I would be right there with you because I just love to travel the world. So that's very cool. I'll live vicariously through you. <laughs> so we talked about how life changed. Um, before we kind of get into the meat of this, I, I want you to just think back at that moment and and really what was that defining, I think I have to do things differently. Yeah, I, you know, I think for me, there was like a bunch of different reference points or, you know, a, a bunch of things happening at once that converged to making this decision um, of, of you know, taking, getting off the corporate ladder and and taking a different path. Um, I'm someone that reads a lot of books and, and sought out a lot of mentors and likes to consume a lot of information on, online. And 
I remember, um, you know, talking with some executives that had the positions at the company that I thought that I'd want to have and learning about what they did on a daily basis and, you know, how they, how much they enjoyed what they did on a daily basis and or not. Yeah. And just realizing (laughs) like there, there's tens of thousands of people competing for a position that people that have the position don't even want. (laughs) And, and then, you know, I, I remember going to the beach. I lived in San Diego at the time and went to the beach one, one evening and was just sitting on a bench looking out on the ocean. And I saw my life if I stayed on the path that I was on and it would be very comfortable and very safe and, and like a good life. And, and I realized like, I just couldn't stay on that path that I had to take the path less traveled and really strive for a greater extraordinary life uh, with the one life that I had. And so in that moment, I, you know, I realized I was going to have to make some hard decisions and it felt like a life or death uh, a mm. life or death decision at the time. And it really forced me to, to make things work and, um, figure out the strategy and, and the business model and, and build the relationships that ultimately would lead to success. So good. I think some of my best decisions are sitting in front of the ocean. Yeah. There's something, there's a power in it. Yeah, absolutely. So in your definition, what is a mastermind? A mastermind is two or more minds coming together in the spirit of harmony to accomplish a common goal. My One of the bosses that I had whenever I first became a project manager years ago said, oh, we're just going to have one brain in this room. <laughs> I was like, I think that's what he was trying to talk about a mastermind. But he was like, we're just going to have one brain. And all of us kind of looked at him like, we don't know what's going on it's not going to be mine it was interesting it's you know it's it's interesting like i i think that most people get to experience a mastermind at some point in their life with their significant other you know with their husband Mm -hmm. or wife and and that's usually the only mastermind people get to to really like leverage and, and experience the benefits of um, sometimes those relationships at a certain point will lack harmony. <laughs> so, um, you know, they're not, they're not forever relationships, mm-hmm. but I think people that are successful in whatever area of life they're successful in, whether it's their health, whether it's their relationships, whether it's their, um, their business or personal development, there's often a mastermind or a success team uh, built around that and and also a community so i find that that personal development is not an individual journey but it Mm -hmm. involves other people yeah so true and and you know when you're on this journey you have questions that come up you don't have all the answers and and it is helpful to be able to have that community to to share your ideas and thoughts and worries and questions with and um and so I find yeah, masterminds are a great tool to have. So what mental models are useful for entrepreneurs today? I think it evolves over time, depending on the situation they're in. I remember the first mental model I learned was from Stephen Covey in Seven mm-hmm. Habits of Highly Effective People. He has this mental model around circle of influence or circle of concern. 
and the fact that successful people spend 80 or 90% of their time in their circle of influence and unsuccessful people spend 80 or 90% of their time in their circle of concern. Uh, you know, I think with the news and uh, the noise that is, mm. you know, social media and, and YouTube and the internet and, and television, mm. there's a lot of energy put on having us focus on our circle of concern versus our actual circle of influence. Mm. So that's, that's one that I, I go back to a lot. Um, one that changed my life was also Viktor Frankl's, um, you know, I actually, I'm not sure it was Viktor Frankl now that I think about it, but it was, uh, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So it was Maslow, mm-hmm. uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And he has a journey around human needs and starting with, yeah. uh, more survival level needs and then success level needs, and then self-actualization and transcendent level needs. And I think what's interesting about frameworks is they stack on top of each other really well. So if you think of even circle of influence and circle of concern and stack that over Maslow's, it creates this like geometric understanding Mm -hmm. of maybe where to focus my time and my energy. You know, the more that I've explored mental models and frameworks, I've realized that really smart people will spend, you know, a decade to multiple decades of their life answering a question, a very difficult question that's important to them. People like Jim Collins and Malcolm Gladwell. And after they invest that time and energy to answer that question, they'll they'll normally come up with a mental model to help answer that question. And I think the interesting thing too is that the a lot of the people that are successful need to share those models, those frameworks with others because they want to give back. And and I think that's um that's true sign of a good leader. Yeah, I, I I think of myself as being able to stand on the shoulders of giants and someone that I respect is uh, is Charlie Munger, uh, mm-hmm. who's Warren Buffett's business partner. And he's written a book called Poor Charlie's Almanac that synthesizes a lot of frameworks and mental models that has been important for him. And so, you know, I, I, I think one of the hardest parts is actually applying the mental model. Like it's one thing to intellectually understand it. And there's another Mm. part of it of actually applying it in a way that creates the results we're looking for in life. And I, and I think a lot of those um, models and frameworks, the, the piece that sometimes is missing is the consistency. You know, as you say, you can visualize it, you can think about it, but until you start acting, consistently doing it, it's not going to really take hold. Yeah. I mean, consistency is everything. And I think the attention span that, you know, most people have is, is seconds, you know, Mm -hmm. minutes, maybe if it's a movie, it's an hour and a half or two hours, but, you know, building a business, building a life, building a relationship, building, you know, body health, those type of things, you know, we're talking about years, decades, Mm -hmm um of consistency and and you know being able to to have that level of focus and consistency is in itself a competitive advantage right so how can someone prepare to be an entrepreneur early on i said you know a lot of us that after covid or just prior to covid decided to change our careers our lives 
and be dip our toes into the world of entrepreneurship. But I don't know that everybody did it with any strategy or preparation in mind. So how can you really prepare to be an entrepreneur? Yeah. Um, first thing that comes to mind is getting, you know, getting the financial house in order, like starting to think like an entrepreneur from a financial standpoint, understanding, you know, the, the P and L's that we already have, the income statement, the balance sheet, the, the cash flow statement, and not, you know, not put myself in, you know, not put ourselves in a situation where we're in a massive amount of debt and we have to make decisions from this like scarcity place of like the next, you know, week or the next month versus, you know, entrepreneurship is again about thinking more long-term. Um, there's a, actually it's a board game called getting out of the rat race by Guy Kawasaki, the, the rich dad, poor dad author. I, I heard that he actually built the game first and then wrote the book to market the game. <laughs> but, but, but basically the, the board game is creating a, you know, our own, like a, a income statement, a balance sheet and a cash flow statement and applying that to an individual level. And I think that that is a lesson I, I wish school taught people yeah. more yeah. um, of actually like making it less theoretical around like a company, but making it about like the individual, because we all have that, whether we know it or not. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that came to me from the situation my parents put me in was I, I I was forced and I got the opportunity to add value to other people at a young age, whether it was just mowing lawns or washing cars or helping with people, like helping people do things that they didn't want to do. And so they would pay me to do it. And I, and I learned to enjoy adding value to others. And I think that that's something that entrepreneurs, I mean, entrepreneurship is, essentially adding value to others and capturing, mm -hmm. you know, part of that value by getting paid on it. And I think it can be very difficult to do consistently. Um, if, if there's not an enjoyment from that, um, I would also say learning to think accurately is a really interesting part of the entrepreneurial journey. Um, and, and part of thinking accurately to me is solving the right problems at the right times. There's mm -hmm. so many different problems in business. And a lot of times I think people are like focused on the wrong things at the wrong time and really getting, getting good at like measuring the data of like what, what it is I'm actually doing every day and what are the results of that, uh, having a strategy, like a clear strategy mm -hmm. of you know, selling the right person, the right thing at the right price with the mm. right positioning in a way that can scale, uh, at, you know, really being able to execute. I think there's a, this element of business and personal development where in business it's called execution and on the personal development side, it's called discipline and habits. So really building the, the habits of success mm. starts, in my opinion, before business, but business is really a forcing function that requires that discipline and, and, and habits, consistent habits that lead to execution of the strategy. Um, and, and, and I find that entrepreneurship is also a very humbling journey, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, any, any preconceived notion that 
someone else owes me anything was thrown out of the thrown out the window in you know in 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 the entrepreneurial journey where it's it's entrepreneurship it's all about everybody else like it's it's not about me as the entrepreneur it's about the customer it's about the employee it's about really everybody else and i think Mm -hmm. that that journey of you know that humble pie if you will is is an evolving you know, creates an evolution in the individual that is incredibly powerful over time. Because mm-hmm. when we see things from other people's point of view versus our own point of view, there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. I know whenever I work with people to improve their message and um, the public speaking, that's one of the first things that I notice with a lot of folks is their, their pitch or their presentation is I, 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 I. <laughs> And um, it should be you or we at the most, but um, to to understand that you need the person that's listening to you to see themselves in that situation and that solution in that problem. So, yeah, I heard it said once, Vicky, that like as an entrepreneur, we're not Luke Skywalker. Like we're not the person that saves the universe. We're Yoda. We're the person that empowers the customer to be, you know, the, the hero. I love that. So when, how does the entrepreneur identify other, if there's a bottleneck in their business that they're stuck and they don't know why? Well, there's always a bottleneck, whether it's, you know, (laughs) you know, unless we have infinite amount of money and time, which mm-hmm. I don't think really any anybody does. Um, so I, I would say it starts with data again, like keeping track of essentially the key metrics in the customer journey, whether, you know, it starts, I think with the lead side of it, like when, when does someone hear about the business, people mm-hmm. going to the website, right? Or going to our LinkedIn profile, clicking on the application or, you know, checking the product out into the, the shopping, uh, cart, uh, making that purchase, getting value from that purchase, Mm -hmm. referring that, that product or service to, to other people. There's a lot of different ways of looking at this value chain or this customer journey and identifying what, you know, ways to measure that journey and looking at it over time and seeing, you know, where, if I put my energy towards, whether it's time or money would create the most amount of leverage or like the biggest impact. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think, there's a lot of great content on this by people like Alex Hermosi. And um, I've worked with some business coaches that helped me uh, apply that to my own business. You know, I think for most people, the bottleneck is for most businesses, the bottleneck is the entrepreneur is the person. Um, A lot of times there's a strategy or tactic with the business, or there's something around a limiting belief uh, a limiting behavior. Um, so I think it starts with with the data piece as well. Mm-hmm. And then having a rhythm of reflecting on what happened, what did we think was going to happen? Mm-hmm. And what was the delta? And how do we close that gap? Yeah. It goes back to my days as project manager. And the first thing I ever did was before I started was in the information gathering piece, 
I would do process mapping because when you walk them through the process, they saw the opportunities, saw the gaps more clearly than if you just kind of just ask, um, well, well, let's get started, let's go, which oftentimes people wanted to do. Um, yeah, I think that's but, like thinking accurately again, mm -hmm. right, yeah, with that process mapping. That. And then, you know, solving the right problem at the right time. Yeah. I think that a lot of times people just want to solve a problem and it's like, yeah. well, let's, let's make sure we're solving the right problem. Like what, yeah. what problem are we actually trying to solve here before mm -hmm. we start coming up with ideas and implementing solutions? And is this, is this the problem that's going to create the most amount of results? Yeah. Because often I think people feel comfortable in, in their area of strength and often the bottleneck is created outside of that. Yeah. Which leads me nicely to my next question. Um, how personal development is important to your business's success uh, and pushing yourself outside of that comfort zone, which means that there are opportunities for failure coming and how can personal development ease that, not eliminate it, but ease that? Yeah, I think personal development is the foundation for success in business is the foundation mm -hmm. for success, even in relationships, in health. Like I think it's the, the foundation for the success in the other areas of life. And therefore I think it's important to define what personal development is. And one of the things that I've done on my journey is to create a framework or a mental model to really understand what personal development is. And I think it starts with having a growth mindset, like mm -hmm. a mindset where we believe that we can overcome challenges and things aren't just the way that they are, which is like a static mindset. Um, I think from there, there's an opportunity to set targets, to be mm -hmm. definite about what we're striving for. And then that gives us a plan. <laughs> and then like Mike Tyson said, you know, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. And, and then How I do think- you pivot? Yeah. And, and what are the tools to deal with those punches and those mm -hmm. triggers without hiding, numbing and escaping them? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so then I think it, we start getting into this interesting aspect of identity. Like where does identity fall into an entrepreneurship yeah. journey? And, and, the, and from there, like getting really clear on like the, the, the why, like, you know, yeah. Simon Sinek yeah. really has made that famous and, you know, what is the purpose? What is the mission? What is the why? And, and then from there, I think taking ownership of our space is, is part of personal development that gets the least amount of attention. And I think that becomes a bottleneck for a lot of people. And in today's day and age, we have our physical space, we have our inner space, we also have our digital space. So it's these different, these different levels mm -hmm. of space and, and taking ownership of those and creating an environment, both outwardly and inwardly that serves us in accomplishing our goals mm -hmm. from from there i think it's beliefs like getting really mm -hmm. clear about what our beliefs are and, and breaking through limiting beliefs where that opens up a pretty clear vision where we start creating alignment around like the why and our beliefs and and, and our nice. vision mm -hmm. Tie, tying those to our target as well mm -hmm. like what are we actually striving for and then from there lining up our habits around it and then having a community and a success team that supports that success, whether it's in mm -hmm. business or in a different area of life. That's so, so true. Go ahead. No, I, you know, I, I, 
so I, I think one of the challenges with personal development is actually thinking about accurately what personal development is, because I think it's a word that gets thrown around a lot and there's a lot of different self-help books and, and different ideas around it. But if we can't think accurately about what personal development is, usually what I see is that there's some sort of bottleneck that's created around it. And, and that's usually at the belief layer or the identity mm -hmm. layer, um, trigger processing, and then what I've been fascinated by is in, you know, you, you mentioned the the amount of entrepreneurs that we've worked with over time, I would say, and we create a space for them to bring opportunities and challenges to the table to get support around those and, and even get challenged around them. Yeah. And what I see is 80 to 90% of the time, the problem that people think they have is not their actual problem. That if we actually drill into that problem, there's something deeper there's, you know, first principles, root cause, there's a lot of terms that mm -hmm. get thrown around about how to solve problems now. But it's, it's one of those things that I think is very difficult to do individually in the ivory tower, if we're just sitting there, like <laughs> thinking about it, I think it's, it's can be possible if someone's intelligent and aware enough. Um, but what I see is coaches, mentors, masterminds being really pivotal mm -hmm. to helping people, uh, see maybe what they don't see the unknown unknown and also what they know that isn't so so some people have these really strong beliefs that sometimes aren't like beliefs about what the problem that they think exists what the bottleneck they think it is and a lot of times i think that that's not true and mm. once we can shine a light on what the real problem is people often can solve that on themselves like for themselves yeah having that objective, uh, I guess, perspective is always Sounding so helpful. Board. Yeah, right. That's, you know, to me, that's the whole point of the coaching is not really to solve the problem for you, but to shine that light so that you can see it to solve yourself. Yeah. And I think this goes back to one of your questions about what do entrepreneurs do, like successful entrepreneurs do differently is that mm. they solve their own problems. Yeah. You know, they're not looking for someone to solve their problems. You know, they they may hire someone, um, but that's them solving a problem as well. It's just delegating that. Mm -hmm. So and that's you know, a big I, thing I, right there. Uh, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs have this whole thing, well, I, I can do better myself. And then they create a problem because the thing that they should be focusing on is not being attended to because they're focusing on things that they should have delegated away. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of times a simple Google search could help someone solve their own problem, but they're mm -hmm. looking, you know, they'll, they'll hire a coach or, or a mentor. I remember meeting with a mentor once. He's like, let me Google that for you. And I was so embarrassed, right. Where it's like, you know, I, I could, I could Google that for myself. Done and it yourself. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and he stopped meeting with me shortly after that, you know, and looking back on it, it's pretty clear why. Um, but I, I think that masterminds, like the business that, that I'm in, the kind of the way that I think about it now is that a mastermind is relevant for someone when their problems are no longer Googleable. Mm -hmm. And I think for most people in the world, their problems are Googleable. Yeah. Kind of goes back to though to having that community. Sometimes the community can also be a source, just like your Google. Yeah, um, and 
And I think from a Maslow's hierarchy of needs perspective, a community is a more basic need than success. And so if people don't have a community that supports that, that purpose, that mission, that success, that journey, I self-sabotaged like a few times in my life because I just, you know, I would have lost the acceptance and the connection from the people around me if I continued on the path that I was on. And so, you know, I think that's why community is such a, a base level thing and we need to have mm-hmm. a community that supports that growth that evolution that success because otherwise i think people will continue to self-sabotage yeah so true time is flying by um <laughs> we'll have to have you back because i have other questions i'd love to get to but how do you manage noise in life I think the simple answer is to shut it off, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it, it, go, it goes back to, I think, reflecting and planning, you know, it's for me, I, I, every week I reflect on the week and plan the next week. And if I didn't get mm-hmm. what I said I was going to get done, it's like, well, why did I not get it done? And it's like, well, because you watched YouTube for, you know, two hours that, yeah. that day. And so I think learning to shut off that noise, um, there's such a, there's a demand for attention with all the things that are going on in the world. And, you know, it's like, Oh, we're on the brink of thermonuclear war and climate crises and just all these things where it's just like, Oh my gosh, like does what I'm doing like matter? And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, now I'm 37. And so I've been able to see this for decades now. And, you know, just to think about what the incentives are, right. Like what, you know, show me the incentives and I'll show you the behaviors and, and people, you know, that get, you know, get paid because from our attention, you know, they have the incentive to get our attention by mm-hmm. any means, you know, and, and blood cells and fear cells and sex cells. Right. And so these just really strong dopamine activities like that, that's, that gets our attention and then they are able to sell ads because of it or subscriptions or, or whatever it is. So I think we need to really understand what people incentives are and how that impacts us and, you know, buyer beware, right? Like and buyer mm-hmm. is, is like financial as well as time, where are we investing our energy mm-hmm. and what are we getting back for that? And, you know, often most problems can be solved in an individual's life if they just go into a quiet room for six to 12 months and deal with their own, their own stuff. Mm-hmm. And once we do that, then we can have a bigger impact on the world around us. For sure. I, I think most people are more comfortable trying to solve other people's problems than they are trying to solve their <laughs> own problems. So true. Um, and it really, as you were talking, it really had me go back to personal development. For me, um, one of uh, my mentors is uh, Jim Molson, who wrote The Slight Edge, and he talks about, you know, having I love that 10, pages, 10 pages of uh, a, a book that's going to help you grow, or a podcast or something where you spend just that time, you know, 30, 40 minutes or whatever, just for you just develop your brain and and that quietness of that act of reading i love but but just to me that's where self-care starts is with your head with your brain and then um you start to solve problems because you took your mind off the problem yeah yeah self self self-care is um 
is an interesting part of the, I think the self-love journey, the awareness journey and learning to like, for me, ask myself, what is it I need right now? Like what, what, you know, it's, it's not something that school taught me. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do is I work with middle school and high schoolers teaching them how to find their voice. But in that Mm. you drop those little things about self-care, self, self self-esteem, self-confidence, and um, that they're worth, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids today just don't understand how much, um, how, how to value their, their being. I think one of the tricks with it, Vicky, I remember, I think it was like a movie Finding Forrester. One of the, my favorite lines of that movie was the rest of those that came before us cannot steady the unrest of those that follow. Uh-huh. And so this idea of like, peace is not transferable like at a certain point you know experiences we can have in life we learn something but we can't give that to someone in words unfortunately or you know it's I think every parent would really appreciate that that Mm -hmm. ability um and so I think one of the challenges with the current education landscape and just the social structure that is you know going to adulthood is that at least in my experience, it's been experiences where I really learned the lesson. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not from the book. It's not from someone telling me something. It's, you know, I love hearing Steve Jobs, you know, Stanford's commencement address, but those words like didn't help me really get it. I had to mm-hmm. go through some experiences in life to really get it. So I encourage people to experience more things um i'm i'm currently traveling the world with my wife and i've lived in san diego california for 37 years uh 36 years and this year has been the longest amount of time i've spent out of out of that city out of you know kind of my comfort zone and i have learned so much experienced so much evolved so much and there's a lot of things that i've been wanting to do for a long time that i've been able to do over a six to nine month period by just creating some some space and getting out of my comfort zone and breaking the routines and kind of new the normal flow that i was in yeah i think that's why i loved volunteering all my life because it exposed me to so many different experiences, people and situations that really broadened your perspective, but also strengthened what your core values needed to be. Yeah. And there's a gift from contrib- contributing, like contributing mm-hmm. to other people, like through, through a nonprofit mm-hmm. or that type of civic engagement. You know, I see it in, in a mastermind environment a lot where when one person teaches, they get as much out of that as the yeah. person that they're teaching. So I think there's something really inherent in the human spirit and p- probably just even in our DNA of wanting to pass on that knowledge. Yeah. So I, I would like to see an opportunity in society for that to happen on a larger scale where, yeah. you know, maybe rather than paying people once they retire to not do anything, (laughs) you know, we, we give them the opportunity to go back into the education system and teach their life wisdom to young people. And I think Mm -hmm. that they would benefit from that. The, the younger people would benefit from that. And society as a whole could, could do a better job of connecting those resources and, and, you know, and still supporting older people as they got older, but then Mm -hmm. 
benefiting the younger generations by sharing those experiences and that wisdom in a more effective and efficient way. Yep. As a person who is 65 and given back, yes, that's exactly what you do. Life experiences. But it also, I think, keeps we young, we uh, seasoned people um, feeling younger because there's purpose. I think a lot of people that retire um, lose purpose and then their lives don't go on as long as they might have liked because they lost that purpose. Yeah, I think that's well said. All right. Well, if you've enjoyed this chat as much as I have with um, Parker, I'm going to share my screen with his contact information. I do encourage you all to, if you have just are just listening in, to grab a paper and pencil so that you can write down the website information. But it will be on my findyourleadershipconfidence.com website or my YouTube Vicki Nettling channel. And the website is https colon forward slash forward slash junto or junto, J-U-N-T-O, junto.global. And Facebook, he's Zachary Parker Harris, Lincoln, LinkedIn, he's Zachary Parker Harris, and Instagram, Zachary Parker Harris. You can thank him in an email later <laughs> for having the same for all those social media. And I'll let Parker talk to you about what you can find whenever you go to junto.global. Thank you, Vicki. Um, Junto Global is our mastermind community. So for entrepreneurs that are at a certain point in their journey where their problems are no longer Googleable, it's a place where you can meet with like-minded people who will support and challenge you to think bigger, identify that, that bottleneck and break through it. Awesome. So Parker, I enjoyed so much hearing all of your great advice and insights. It was wonderful to really hear what successful entrepreneurs do differently. And uh, I encourage everyone to go to junto.global so that you can connect with Parker and continue the conversation. As always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.